Good day, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Live with Doug. We are thinking through God's Word together. Glad to have you all with us on this Monday morning. And we're talking about the church, and particularly we are talking about worship. And I can uh, tell this has been a, uh, um, and a provocative might be a little strong, but it's uh, it's it has provoked some uh, some thoughts, some comments, some interaction. Uh, what we're talking about is resonating with a lot of people, and I hope uh, today we'll continue that theme. I'm curious, uh, what did you do yesterday, huh? <laughs> In light of our discussion, was there anybody uh, finding yourself evaluating uh, the service? In light of some things we've been talking. Anyway, my goal is not to cause disruption, but to help us to think biblically about these things. So today I want to talk about uh, what the Bible says about this term worship. And I'm just going to tell you on the front end, I, I don't think it's a helpful word. Uh, I don't... I. It doesn't communicate what we think it communicates. Uh, Mike says the band appeared. <laughs> what does that mean? That's interesting. Uh, Jim says, good morning. Just finished the What About Israel series. Amazing. Looking forward to start Isaiah. Oh, great. Well, uh, I hope that goes well for you as well. All right. So I want to begin by showing you a, a tweet that popped in my feed yesterday in, uh, in God's providence. And uh, I just want to use it to describe, to, to show, uh, well, let me just put it up and I'll show you. Um, I'm not even going to tell you who this is from. I don't think you can see. It doesn't matter. It's just a, a, a guy. And I, I don't mean this to be uh, in any way uh, you know, insulting to him, but it's, it's a good example of our mindset today about what worship is. So here's the tweet. Worship always tenderest time with dad, arm round me. Mary Lee, same with her dad. She'd trace her dad's veins on back of his hand. Families sat together, always. Fathers, sit with your sons and daughters. Keep problem ones next to you. Touch, bond with your children in God's presence. Hashtag worship. Okay. Uh, so this gentleman, I believe, is uh, Presbyterian or or uh, some kind of a Reformed Presbyterian group. And uh, I don't know if he's a pastor or what. Uh, I think he is. Anyway, let's look at this a little bit. So first of all, he starts off with worship, always tenderest time with dad. So you already see the scene, right? Worship is sitting in a church service, according to this gentleman. And it was a sweet time, a tender time with his dad. That's what he's describing. Dad would sit with his arm around him, attending church that he's calling worship. Mary Lee, which uh, who I assume is his wife, similar with her dad. So apparently she grew up going to church, sitting in a worship service with her dad. And I guess when she was a little girl, she would trace uh, on his wrist, his hand, on her dad's hands, uh, the veins back of his hand. You can you can picture this. You probably have been there, sitting there next to you with one of your children, uh, touching your hand, that kind of thing. And he says, families sat together. 
in light of what we've been discussing regarding worship, you probably already know where I'm going with this. Families sat together in worship, in a service, attending something. He then gives the uh, the instruction, the exhortation, fathers, sit with your sons and daughters, keep problem ones next to you. You can understand why that is if you're a, uh, a father, you know what it's like to keep your kids under kind of control under your thumb, right? And then he says, touch, bond with your children in God's presence. Hashtag worship. All right. Now there is a huge assumption being made there. The assumption is when you sit in a church building on Sunday morning, you are worshiping and you are in God's presence in some unique way. Somebody show me where there is any New Testament warrant to say that sitting in your church building yesterday, you were in God's presence in any unique way. Were you in God's presence at 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock in the morning yesterday in a way that you are not in God's presence right now? Show me in the scripture. Show me the New Testament where we are supposed to come together as the church and worship. I know that's going to sound like a crazy question. Because again, like a fish in water, trying to explain what water is, we are, we're immersed in this idea of what worship is. And most of us don't have an understanding of what the Bible actually says worship is. So let's look at that. Let's look at that. Um, worship, the English word, and I, and I said the, the title there is, I'm not even sure worship is a biblical term. And, and here's why. Let me, let me explain that. Uh, worship, the, the English word worship, etymologically, comes from uh, the, the word worthy. You can kind of see the W-O-R there, right? You can, you can imagine that worthy worship. There's a tie in there. And the idea is uh, declaring that something is worthy or declaring the worthship of something. You see what I'm saying? Uh, way back, uh, centuries ago, the, the, to, to regard something as worthy of honor, uh, something like that, to, 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 to uh, explain, to, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? To uh, declare, I already said that. Anyway, to, to exalt, uh, <laughs> can't think of the word. Anyway, to, to talk about the worship of something, that's what the, where the word worship came uh, into our English language. It's not helpful that the New Testament translators translate two different Greek words as worship. And neither of them mean to declare something's worship. Let me say that again. In your New Testament, in your, in your English Bibles, your translators translate two different Greek words as worship. And neither of them mean to talk about the worship of something, to, to say something is worthy. Uh, P. 
Peter says, let me, my wife exhorted me the other day to put these up because if you're on Facebook, other people on YouTube can't see your comments. So, uh, Peter says, I think the thinking is something to do with Jesus saying that two or more are gathered in my name, then there I will be. Um, yeah, a lot of people, I think somebody even commented on that, uh, last week or so. And, uh, that's not what Jesus is talking about, but I think you're right, Peter. Uh, Keith says, does it really matter in God's presence all the time, but sitting in church makes it that much better if that's possible. Yeah. How, how is that? Uh, biblically speaking is what do you mean better, right? What does it, what does it mean? Uh, how, how can it be better if I'm in God's presence now, right now, sitting here in this little room by myself, if I'm in God's presence now, how can uh, being in a building yesterday be better if I'm no more in God's presence there? Now, maybe better in some ways, such as we are encouraged to be with God's people, that kind of thing. But remember, we're talking about worship here. So, uh, Peter says, I believe there is a blurred distinction between praise and worship. Uh, fair. Yeah. So, so the declaring worship that I was talking about may be more praise than worship, which is fine. Uh, and, and it's helpful there, but I just, I'm obviously I'm, I'm going for a point here. All right. So let me show you biblically. Uh, the, we're going to take the first word today and we'll take the second one tomorrow. So the first word that's translated worship in your English Bibles is uh, the Greek word proskuneo, proskuneo, and it's uh, cognates. And the, the meaning of this word is to prostrate one's self, to bow down. Okay, that's what the word means. Let me, let me show you some of these uh, examples. So it first occurs in the New Testament in uh, Matthew 2.2, 2, where... Uh, the, the wise men come, the magi, and they say, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to proskuneo him, to worship him. Uh, so you, you see, these are the magi, right? We're, we're heading, we're not too far from Christmas season <laughs> and you'll see the nativities around and you'll, uh, you'll go to your Christmas services, and we'll talk about the uh, the Magi bowing down, coming to bow down before the child. That's the word proskuneo. Uh, notice here, it doesn't they don't mean we have come to declare his worth with words. They mean literally to bow down. I wish the New American Standard here would translate this. We have come to bow down before him. It would help us not make some of the uh, errors that I've been talking about. Uh, verse eight says he sent them. This is Herod sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. And when you have found him report to me so that I too may come and proskuneo him, worship him, bow down before him. All right. That's a setup. We know that he doesn't really want to bow down for him. He wants to kill him because, uh, he sees him as a threat, but he says, I, he, if he's the King, if he's the G King of the Jews, if he's the Messiah, then I too want to go and bow down before him. Uh, after coming to the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell to the ground and worshipped him. Uh, here the Greek uses two words meaning the same thing, falling to the ground and bowing down before him. And then they 
brought their treasures of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Next occurrence is when Satan is tempting Jesus. And Satan says to Jesus, all of these things I will give you if you fall down and proskuneo me. See the idea of bowing down. If you will uh, do that. And then Jesus said to him, go, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Now he's quoting from Deuteronomy and he introduces the second word, which we'll look at tomorrow. He, the, it is written, you shall bow down before the Lord your God and shall serve him only. Now here this word is translated serve, but elsewhere is translated worship. Again, we'll come back to that tomorrow. Chapter 8, the leper came and bowed down before him. Uh, chapter 9, he was saying these things. The synagogue official came and bowed down before him. These are all proskuneo. All those who were in the boat worshipped him, bowing down before him, saying, You certainly are God's son. Chapter 15, she came and began to bow down before him. Chapter 18, so the slave fell to the ground, prostrated himself, proskuneo, worshipped him. Uh, the mother of the sons of Zebedee came to Jesus with her sons, bowing down, worshiping him. Uh, behold, Jesus met them and greeted them, and they came up and took hold of his feet and worshiped him, fell down before him. First, uh, chapter 28, 17, they saw him, they bowed down, they worshiped him, uh, and so on. And then you get the uh, in the other Gospels, you see the same thing uh, throughout here. Then, chapter, then uh, the book of Acts. Uh, Chapter 7, this is uh, Stephen quoting, uh, You also took along the tabernacle of Moloch, the star of the god Rampha, the images which you made to proskuneo, to bow down before. Um, the Ethiopian eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship. That's coming right out of the, uh, uh, the Old Testament. In the, in the Old Covenant, they would go to the temple and bow down, much like uh, Muslims do today. Right? They, they bow toward Mecca, right? Isn't that what they do? They, they, they bow down several times a day toward the, uh, the, the main city, the chief city, Mecca there, and prostrate themselves in that direction. Well, the, the Jews did that toward Jerusalem as well. It was an actual act of bowing down. Uh, chapter 10, uh, Cornelius, who had seen the vision, he, uh, when Peter enters, he met him and he fell at his feet and worshipped him. So that's... Uh, uh, Acts. So those are the the settings. You got the Gospels there and Acts, and then in the epistles, we see it only a few times. Here in First Corinthians fourteen, uh, Paul is saying that uh, that prophecy is better when the church gathers than speaking in tongues. Because speaking in tongues, if there's no interpreter, then people just think you're crazy and hear all these, all this nonsense, all this you know language going on that nobody can understand. But if someone prophesies, he says here, then the secrets of his heart are disclosed, and he will fall on his face and proskune o God. Okay. So you see it here as, as the physical bowing down again. Then then Hebrews. Uh, in several places, quotes the Old Testament talking about bowing down. And then Revelation, we have the visions of the 24 elders and the creatures, and they're all bowing down. So notice this. We, we have the history books, the Gospels and Acts. We have uh, Hebrews talking about the Old Testament bowing down, and then we have the book of Revelation. 
Do you notice here that nowhere is physically bowing down before God connected to gathering with God's people, with the one exception being in the book of 1 Corinthians. And he's talking about unbelievers who come into the gathering. If men prophesy, the secrets of their hearts will be revealed and they will be cut to their quick and they will fall on their face. Nowhere does this word proskuneo appear describing the church gathering on Sunday morning. Do you see that? Am I missing something? Show me. I looked up every occurrence of this word proskuneo in the, in the New Testament. I don't see any of these texts associated with gathering on Sunday morning and bowing down before God. Uh, Mark Summer says, the bowing down conveys something just like the lifting of one's hands. And he says, some words are harder to put textbook definitions to and need to be understood by the context in which they're used. Yeah, that's exactly why I'm going through all this. Uh, worship seems to be revering and honoring God as God and acting accordingly. Um, again, so I, I just took you through all of the references of proskuneo in the New Testament. So uh, which one of those uh, occurrences means to revere and honor him and acting accordingly? I, I'm telling you the definition is to bow down, and that's what they mean in every one of those. So uh, I, I want to I hear from you. Show me which, which text are you talking about that uh, proskuneo means to, uh, as you say, to revere and honor and act accordingly. Um, because it, as I just laid out for you, it means to bow down. And I gave you uh, many examples of that. Anthony says, I think somewhat appeal to Acts 13 when the prophets and apostles were worshiping with prayer and fasting. Um, all right, let me look at that. Uh, is Acts 13. Uh, is the word proskuneo mentioned here? Um, let me take your comment down so people aren't, so it's not cluttered. So show me here. They were at the at Antioch in the church. There was prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who's called such and such. They were ministering to the Lord and fasting. The Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul. When they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent me away. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Cilicia. From there, they sailed when they reached. Okay, is this, uh, Anthony, is this what you're talking about? Uh, if it is, there is no mention of the word worship here. Now, you're, you're going to, I'm sure you're going to press me. Somebody's going to press me here and say, oh, you're just splitting hairs or whatever. Uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm trying to make a point. And I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push back on you to prove it. Because again, part of my point through this whole thing is, we have bought into a large number of assumptions and that gets us in trouble. If we're going to stick to what the scripture actually says, we've got to be careful about this. So again, worship, this is why I said at the beginning, worship itself, the word is not helpful. It's vague and people 
take it all a variety of different ways. As Anthony just said, he, different word here, ministering is the word. Yeah, ministering, that's obviously what they were doing, but they weren't worshiping in the proskuneo sense because proskuneo means to bow down before. They physically, literally did that in the Old Covenant. We do not see, I don't think, somebody show me, and, and Anthony here is saying uh, he agrees the ESV uses the word worship instead of ministering, uh, and that's that's just poor, um, uh, poor translation. Actually, the word here, and here I'll show you in verse 2, this word ministering is uh, the word light or geo, which is a third word that sometimes is translated worship, as uh, the ESV does here. And this is the word from which we get our English word liturgy. And, uh, and maybe we'll come back and, and define that one as well, because it has some specific connotations. But none of them capture what we typically mean when we talk about gathering on Sunday morning for worship. All right, so let me let me wrap this up with this. I am showing you that this word proskuneo, which uh, I gave you all the New Testament occurrences of it, means to, to bow down physically, to prostrate yourself before someone. Lon just said, by bowing down, are they not declaring the person to be greater or more worthy than they, they are? But it's the word itself describes an actual act. Uh, so yes, you're not just you're not declare. So I maybe I would take a little exception with what you just said here, Lon. Um, they are demonstrating that the one is greater and more worthy, not by declaring it, but by actually bending over at the waist or doing obeisance on their knees, on their faces. That's what the word means. Now, again, yeah, I know, I, I know where you're going with this. Well, we're, we have that attitude in our hearts, right? We sing these in some of our songs. We bow down and, and we don't actually bow down. We, we're just saying our hearts' attitudes are like we're bowing down. Yes, yes, obviously, we are to have that mindset, that, that, that state of heart and mind that we, are, we, we, we declare to God he is worthy of, of bowing down before. My question is, did any of you bow down before the Lord Jesus yesterday during your quote-unquote worship service? The scripture, the New Testament, does not call us to bow down, to physically prostrate ourselves before the Lord when we get together on Sunday mornings. At least I can't find it. Again, if you can find it, show it to me because I, I want to be corrected if I'm wrong about this. I don't see prostration anywhere in the New Testament uh, when the church gathers. So again, show me where I'm wrong because I do want to be corrected on this. I'm guessing none of you bowed down in the presence of the Lord Jesus yesterday. And maybe you'll say, well, we did. Some of you maybe had kneeling benches and that kind of thing. Okay, is there anything, why don't you do that at home? If, if you say to me, I bow down at home, I kneel down and pray, I bow down when I gather with the, the body on Sundays, I bow down in small groups, uh, my family and I bow down. If, if that's what you're saying, 
great. I have I have no qualms with that. If if you are prostrating yourselves in all these different settings because you know you are always and constantly in the presence of the Lord Jesus, and it is a posture you're taking uh, to to show Him honor. And again, you do it by yourself. You do it with your family. You do it with friends. You do it you know all over the place. Great, all for that. I would commend that again and again and again. But if you're going to call Sunday gatherings worship in the sense of bowing down, I need, I need to see New Testament warrant for that because I don't see it. We have this mindset, as I showed you in the, in the tweet earlier, we have this mindset that there's something unique in the presence of God and worship on Sunday gathering with the church. And I'm going to push you to show me in the scripture where that's the case. All right. So put in your comments if you have scriptures that I missed. Uh, tomorrow we'll come back and look at the other word that is translated worship and, uh, and see what we can learn about that. Have a great day. Serve the Lord. Worship him all day long. <laughs> we'll see you tomorrow. God bless.